What is up, everybody? We're filming this at like 3.30 in the morning, so you may hear a couple of yawns. Back to our regularly scheduled program, though. Last week was just the Elimination Chamber, and I, I think I, I think I said explain this on last week's show. But I kind of just did that because I was coming back, and I was like, you know what? Nothing's really going to matter, and I kind of figured it was going to be a newsworthy show. So I just said, you know what? F it. Let's just do that and put that out there. So that's where that came from. Um, but just to do some programming notes. So I'm going to do some some changes um, to the schedule. I was looking at it. I recorded a bunch of stuff. And I recorded my review, my final thoughts on Justice League, The Whedon Cut, and Batman v Superman. And I was going to have it like spread out with um, WandaVision review like right in the middle of a sandwich. And then I thought about it. This week, is as, I, as I'm recording this, episode 8 dropped the day before. And so I was like, you know what? I'm probably, what I'm probably going to do is, next Thursday, I'm probably going to watch every single episode, one, one and two again included, up until episode 8. And then at midnight, when it comes out, just watch episode 9 and just do the review that day. You know, um, just because I don't want to prolong a lot of this. So the week of the Snyder Cut, which is March 18th, which is a Thursday. Our Monday and Tuesday shows will revolve around the Snyder Cut. It will be my review of the Justice League, the Whedon Cut, and it will be my review of Batman v Superman. And there will be no wrestling that week. So next week... We're actually gonna. I'm actually gonna order my very first AEW pay-per-view because it'll be on a Sunday night, not a Saturday night. And I believe this is a special thing. They actually got bumped. I can't remember what's going on to make them do it on a Sunday. But this upcoming Sunday, as you hear this, you should hear this on Monday, March seventh will be Revolution. I'm actually gonna order pay-per-view, and next week will be strictly. The Revolution pay-per-view, my thoughts on it. I won't be talking anything WWE. It'll be all AEW. I'm sure a very newsworthy show. Sting's first match in five years. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. How will they kill each other this time? Um, just we can go on and on and on. But the following week will be the week of the the, the, the Snyder Cut. We will not be doing any wrestling. It will be the Monday and Wednesday show will revolve around Batman v Superman, my, my final thoughts on it, and Justice League, the Whedon Cut. So, just to give you guys a heads up. But anyways, let's get to some wrestling this week. So, some news and notes. Um, first, really fast. Uh, Marty Scroll was at the recent New Japan tapings, and he was apparently an on-air talent. Um, I didn't think he would get an opportunity this soon, but, I mean, he was a part of the... Hashtag, hashtag speaking out movement, but we still need to see what role he's in. But this is fascinating to me, so uh, stay tuned. TBD, I guess. Um, what else do we have as far as news and notes go? The biggest news, though, let's just get right to it. It's, let's just get right into the AEW news notes. AEW. The biggest shocker, I did not see this coming after 22 years in the WWF slash E. The big show Paul White 
has signed with AEW in a long-term capacity as a commentator and as a wrestler. When I saw this, my first thought was, because on Instagram, there's a bunch of pages that have, like, when it's, like, sports and stuff, it says, hey, uh, Tom Brady has been traded to the New England Patriots. Like, it's jokes, right? They get people just to, to click on it and laugh or whatever. So when I first saw this, I saw this on Instagram. And I was like, all right, that's fake. So then I was like on Google, and I, 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 I just happened to click on Google. And sure enough, TMZ, Paul White has signed with AEW. I was like, this is real? And sure enough, it was. So I wanted to give a little overview really fast of what he did in WWE. And like, well, I want to give an overview, overview of how he got here. So when he first debuted in WCW, he came in as the Giant. And he was kayfabe, the son of Andre the Giant. His first match in WCW, he defeated Hulk Hogan by disqualification to win the WCW Heavyweight Championship due to a clause that Jimmy Hart put in Hulk Hogan's contract. Jimmy Hart turned heel that night, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Um, he had an interesting run in WCW. He was a part of the NWO twice, kicked out twice. He was a, if I'm not mistaken, a two-time WCW champion where he beat Hogan, as I said there, but he also just outright pinned Ric Flair. I actually remember one of my first mem memories of Nitro because I was always a WWE guy. And I, and I remember I, I saw parts of um, freaking Nitro. I remember seeing parts of it. Uh, but this match I remember specifically because uh, my grandfather was so excited to watch this match. And so I was like, okay, you know, cool, whatever. And so just to see him outright beat Ric Flair, and I remember Tony Schiavone calling it. It was so shocking. At the time, Ric Flair had, I believe, Woman and Miss Elizabeth taking him, uh, walking him to the ring. And um, Big Show just, any, anything Ric Flair did, he just couldn't affect Big Show or the Giant. And to see him win, I think just it was, at the time, it shouldn't have been shocking to me. But I was really young at the time. So it, it just was. It just hit me differently then. Um, but then he was a WCW uh, tag team champion. And um, like I said, he had two stints in the NWO. But after a while, he ended up uh, going to WWE. And as we know, his introduction was at uh, the final In Your House pay-per-view, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, where he comes from up out of the bottom of the ring and throws Austin around until Austin's, uh, the cage breaks and Austin... Uh, Gets out and wins. He did, even though they wanted to book him, even though Vince said he wanted to book him like Andre the Giant, three weeks into his run in the WWF, he was pinned clean by Steve Austin. Now, I remember Big Show, um, he had an interview one time where he talked about it. And I think it was the Stone Cold Podcast, not the one in WWE Network. It was like on Steve Austin was on like Podcast One or whatever. He was like, I remember Big Show saying that he was in his feelings about it. Then he realized, like, look here, look who I'm losing to. I'm losing to Steve Austin. Like, he's super over. I need to get on his level. And I, I remember saying to myself, that's a good way to look at it. But it was still a terrible look, though. Like, his his first year was very flat. And I think it started with that loss. Um, he did, by the end of his first year, win the WWF Championship. Um, he lost it before the end of the year, though. Um... He's a former world heavyweight champion, tag team champion, intercontinental champion, United States champion, hardcore champion. He's had some great moments in WWE. And his 22, and once again, obviously, he's known for 
how many times he's turned heel and face. So that's always uh, comical slash uh, funny. Um, but you know what's funny? I guess when I thought about it, I remember I thought about it this past week when after the whole news was announced and everything, and I read that uh, he was apparently not happy with his role or whatever, and the big show show on Netflix got canceled, and I'm pretty sure he thought that was going to be his, his, his thing. Like, if you think about it, Big Show has been, and I'm not saying anyone is clamoring to watch, to, to, to want the Big Show to wrestle, so don't blow my head off. But you know what's funny? Is Big Show has been a healthy scratch for, like, the last two years, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he's been seen in, like, very weird spurts. Like, for him to show up at the end of WrestleMania and... But, you know, nope. I was I thought I was, um, and to be beaten by Drew McIntyre, be kicked in the head by Randy Orton. He's been a pretty much a he's the equivalent of a running back with a team that's going into the playoffs, and we're good. He's a healthy scratch. Like that's he's been like that. And once again, I'm not saying anyone's clamoring for it. You're not gonna see picket signs or pitchforks and torches out. You need to let Big Show wrestle. Big, Show. I'm not saying all that. It's just been interesting. His contract did expire. And that's really fascinating to me that Vince McMahon would allow that to happen to one of his talents. Now, we heard what he did with Undertaker. When Undertaker's contract expired, he got super mad when Undertaker was putting himself out there. Um, maybe, and I'm sure Paul White will talk more about this when we hear from him. I'm sure he'll be on the Unrestricted Podcast. Hey, guys. That's what I was waiting for. Um... But uh, maybe they just couldn't come to agreement on anything. Maybe he wanted to be used more in uh, in a capacity of not just putting people over, but like helping elevate talent, helping have a good matches. Like I'm not gonna lie, like especially when he lost the weight. Like him and Sheamus, I really think about this a lot. I remember when she defeated Sheamus for the World Heavyweight Championship. I, I was stunned at how good they had a match, and I was just thinking to myself. Man, you know, and like Big Show is just known for that. him and Cody Rhodes had an entertaining feud, and I know Cody told us the story about how he didn't want to do comedy in their matches anymore, and Big Show said to him, "Then go get over. We won't have to do it if you get over." And it was just like, "Wow, that's pretty bold." But you know, at the same time, Cody changed so many gimmicks in WWE. Like to me, like the I love the dashing gimmick, but it lasts like two months. And then he was just a disfigured face, and it did get him a big WrestleMania win against Rey Mysterio. But I just, that's a whole nother rant I'll spare you guys from. But to me, this is just big news because I'm assuming he's going to wrestle in spurts here, but I'm assuming he's going to be, obviously, they're going to have more for him to do. Like, he doesn't need to wrestle Jericho or Cody or Sting. He's wrestled them, and it's amazing how Sting has never wrestled Jericho. But if you look at Big Show, Big Show has wrestled almost everybody you can think of, you know? And, and so um, this will be fascinating. This will all be fascinating, and um, we'll see. Like, to me, once we have Revolution next week, Sting needs to be off TV for at least a good month. They've used him every week since his debut, but he needs to be off TV, but um, but now you can't take him off TV because there's one more week left, one more show until Revolution. But after Revolution, he's gonna be off TV. So I'm hoping that he, Big Show or Paul White won't be on TV the entire time. So uh, that's the big news of the week. Um, I'm excited for him and his new journey, and I hope AEW treats him well. 
Um, he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Even if WWE would never acknowledge it, like like with Jericho, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame would. And obviously, we both know they're both getting into the, the WWE Hall of Fame. There's too much history there. To me, blocking them, I was like, wouldn't try to block Benoit. There's just too many matches he was a part of, too many moments he was a part of to completely erase his history, and it kind of sucks. And I remember when they first had, what wasn't WWE Network? What was it called? Where it was like the on-demand service. Was it WWE On-Demand? Was that, was that what it is? And I remember they would block out a lot of Benoit stuff. Like It wasn't just like the blood. They would turn black and white, which was annoying as hell. If Benoit was on the card, like you wouldn't, they would skip over it. But he had so many matches. It's just hard to block that out. You know, you just, you got to take it for what it is. Um, but, I was waiting for that one. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward for forward to it. Um, let's get right into AEW. Darby Allen had a cool spot here. First of all, Sting. I don't think we're getting any kind of um, cinematic match. First of all, Sting took a power bomb, his first bump in five years. He's giving Stinger splashes, Stinger death drops. Darby Allen's coming from the rafters with a skateboard. That was super cool. Um, Sting got really physical, so I'm I'm going to assume this is going to be a live match. Um, I just can't imagine it at this point in time is going to be a uh, cinematic match. But that was a really cool thing they did, and I'm looking I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to it. It, it, it it's intriguing to me because it's kind of like, huh? Did he have any type of surgery that we just don't know about? Because he looks really good, and obviously Sting's always been in great conditioning and peak conditioning and all that stuff, but I'm really fascinated to see how that match is going to go at Revolution. Uh, Chris Jericho and MJF beat down the Young Bucks dad and one of the most heinous things ever. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's heinous, but I enjoyed it. Um, they made this personal, so it's not just about the tag team titles. I mean, I don't see the Young Bucks losing these belts, but then again, you know what? I'm surprised... MJF has not gone. I know he has the battle bull ring, which whatever, the last two years. I'm surprised he hasn't held any gold by now. I really thought he would have been at least a TNT champion by now. Obviously, he's done different things with it, so it makes sense. I'm interested to see who's going to win this match. Because I, I want to say the Bucks retain. But I, I, I would have to think the way that MJF would completely tear the inner circle apart is by them getting those tag team titles and then slowly but surely keep getting Jericho out of there, which would lead to a Jericho face turn. That's just my opinion there. Um, Hangman, I, I I had this theory that Hangman was going to get screwed by the Dark Order and and at this match at uh, Revolution with Matt Hardy. I just don't see a scenario where... Uh, uh, this is my thing. If... I'm still going off of my theory of Adam Page is going to be world champion by the end of the year. I think you have to keep him away from that for a while. So I can kind of, so I can see him losing this match to Matt Hardy. I can just see it. How he loses, he's not losing clean. He's not losing clean. But I don't know. I I wrote down here, the Dark War is going to screw over Hangman. It's going to, there was another theory online that someone read to me. Where apparently Dark Order will screw over Hangman and Matt Hardy will be revealed as their new leader. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, personally, I do like the idea, but I don't think they're going to do that. Um, 
But for some something in me says he's gonna get screwed by the Dark Order. I don't think it's anything to do with them being the leader. I just think they're just gonna screw him over for turning them down. But this match is this stipulation is all about uh, a Matt Hardy win, in my opinion. Uh, Nyla Rose and Britt Baker had a great match, in my opinion, in the tournament to determine a new number one contender for uh, Sheeta's Women's Championship. I was surprised with the win for Nyla Rose, considering she's a former heavyweight champion herself or women's heavyweight champion. Um, so I was really stunned. And now it's got me thinking about Riho and uh, Thunder Rosa. And they're fighting. Well, by the time you guys hear this, they would have wrestled. I would. I don't know who wins that match because you had two heels just facing off. Now you have two faces as well. Hmm. Rio has a history with Nyla Rose. Rio lost the women's championship to Nyla. I don't know. So I'm just gonna have fun with this. Let's say for the heck of it. Thunder Rosa's going to win, and then Britt Baker screws over Thunder Rosa, because that, that issue's not over. That that one cheat fluke win, that's not going to be a thing. There's going to be another match between those two. I just for sure thought Britt Baker was going to win that women's championship, though, but it looks like she's not. She's out. Um, this was It was a good match, though. Um, Lance Archer and Phoenix had a, another good match for a qualifying spot. And the latter match to see who gets a TNT championship match. Lance Archer wins. And actually, I wasn't even paying attention. So I wrote down some notes. And then I realized that uh, Pentagon, Penta L0, is in the latter match already. So I was hoping Phoenix had lost so that way they could be in a tag team battle royale. But it looks like, looks like it's not going to happen. But this was a good match, too. To me, Lance Archer, and I was telling this to Jonathan Esther. To me, Lance Archer, sometimes it, he looks a bit Bocce. and I'm like, what's going on? Is he, is he like just trying to do too much, or is he unsure of himself? And I just wasn't sure. So I went and watched some stuff of his in New Japan because that's how I got. That's actually I knew him before New Japan, but that's where I became a fan of his was in New Japan. And I was looking, and I was like, you know what? I just think he, for a big guy, can move at such a fast pace that he sometimes just loses control. And sometimes that's why it looks the way it does. Um, but this was a good match. And Lance Archer's a hell of a entrant in that battle royal. With Cody Rhodes, Penta L Zero, and Scorpion Sky. I'm looking forward to that match as well. I'm looking forward to the whole pay-per-view, actually. Um, but that's it. But it's all AEW news right now. Let's get to Raw. Uh Lashley, obviously, as we all have guessed by now, made a deal with Miz to give him a shot at the championship if he helps them win it. Uh, so he'll get his one-on-one shot. Next week, I do think Bobby Lashley will be the third African-American to win the WWE Heavyweight Championship or or, or Black Champion. I don't think it's going to be on Raw. I think that, if, first of all, Drew McIntyre wasn't on the show, so he's obviously selling the injuries, air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes. I, I think Drew McIntyre interferes, which leads to a fast lane triple threat match for the WWE Championship. And this is where... The, the Miz's transitional championship reign comes to an end. Bobby Lashley will make Miz tap out, but Drew McIntyre's in the pin, and that issue's not over. And that leads to Drew McIntyre one-on-one Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. I just don't see there's... Obviously, you never know. 
But I'm going to go off the WrestleMania 35 field where everyone thought that for sure one of the babyfaces was losing. You had Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. And you had Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. One of these beloved babyfaces had to lose and none of them lost. I am going off that faith that they, because they built him up so much, Bobby Lashley we're talking about here. And he has been, this is the first time in years that a mid-card champion has been protected as much as him. I just don't think after everything you've done for the last year, you can not put the WWE championship on him. I Once again, plans can change. Bobby Lashley can get popped for, I don't know, uh, too much anal sex. I don't know. Whatever, right? Here's the thing. I just don't. I, I truly think they wanted to put the title on him in 2007 when he faced John Cena at the Bash or the Great American Bash, whatever it's called. He was ECW champion. Uh, John Cena was... No. Matter of fact, he had to give up the ECW title because he had just been drafted to Raw. And so he ended up losing clean with the AA from the top rope, I believe. And I remember thinking to myself, they wanted to put that belt on him. He just didn't have... He's never been a good promo. He just hasn't. But now he does. I'm telling you, I, I, that's just how I see it. That's how WrestleMania is going to play out. I know technically WrestleVote said there is no plans for the WWE Championship at this moment. In my opinion, that's the plan. Drew Drew come out comes out, costs him in the match, cost him the match. Uh, Adam Pearce has no choice but to make a triple threat match for the WWE title. Miz loses his belt, so now he's out and he's wrestling Bad Bunny. And then you get the one-on-one match, Drew chasing Bobby Lashley. And I don't think Bobby should win. I mean, excuse me, I don't think uh, Drew should win. But, um... We will see. Um, one last thing. Orton spits. He was cutting a promo, and he begins to get sick and nauseous and whatever. And he begins to spit out black blood. I don't know where what, where this is going as far as, like, sense-wise. Um, there's clearly a match in the making. There's clearly a match they're going to do um, at WrestleMania. Now, to me, do you do another Firefly Funhouse match? I've really enjoyed everything they did with it. I've watched it back a couple times since then. I think they can use it, and I think that's what they're building up to. Let's get to NXT. Dexter Loomis successfully choked out Johnny Gargano. Um, first of all, the way, that's what they call themselves, the group. They were hilarious in this stuff where they're being kidnapped. Well, they were at their Austin Theory, Theory came back, and he's, he was like, hey, he's not really that bad of a guy. He's misunderstood. It's like, what? You've been kidnapped and, and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And it, it's just, just just the banter. And then Indy Hartwell says, well, I think he's kind of hot. Just the banter between the four of them is fun, it's entertaining. And in a show that was pretty damn heavy, um, it needed it. Karrion Cross defeated uh, Escobar. Obviously, in a non-title match because Karrion Cross is nowhere near a cruiserweight. And Adam Cole officially ends Undisputed Era by low-blowing and super-kicking Roddy Strong. Um, without Bobby Fish, his team's falling apart. And in a, in a tweet, Drew McIntyre said, I have always and will forever be undisputed error. So that, that, that was interesting to me. Um, EO Shirai versus Tony Storm in one more, uh, one-on-one match. She, Tony Storm was not the one that was pinned. Um, it was Mercedes Martinez, just so you guys know. Um, but Raquel Gonzalez, even though she's getting her tag team championship match from the Dusty Rhodes Classic, if they lose, she needs to be prepared to come right over here and work. Because I don't see them rushing, personally. Um, 
But this is all interesting. The Grizzled Young Vets are not done with MSK as they beat them down. Uh, sore losers, anyone? Uh, Swerve Scott defeated Leon Ruff again. But here's the funniest thing about that. First of all, Swerve Scott's a heel. There's been at least 10 heel turns in the last two weeks. I'm, I can probably name five off the top of my head. Apollo Crews. You. <laughs> um, I can't even think of five right now. It's really been that many. So that's interesting. But um, there is something to that, I believe. Because I just think people um, take for granted when they have a show on and they just wait till it ends. I'm going to wait till it ends and blah, blah, blah. I need to catch up on 18 episodes or 18 seasons or whatever the, f- the freak. Um, Casey Canzaro and Zia Lee had an interesting match where Zia Lee just tortured this woman. And it looks like she broke her leg, air quotes. You can't see me doing that. Um... So, anyways, that w- that was just my thought on that. I, I think, I, I think, I, and, and for a few weeks ago, it looked like Casey and uh, her tag team partner were going to turn heel, but they got in the way of Zia Lee, and uh, she looks so much bad. I, dude, if I'm, I was just looking at a picture of her, and I think she was doing a photo shoot or something, and she was much thinner, and she's bulked up, and she just looks like such a freaking beast. I'm just like, man, this is this is just super impressive. She's already a beauty, obviously, but her just to have that edge. Um, I, she's nowhere near ready for a women's championship match, but she's ready for a huge, a huge, a huge fight, a big money fight. It's not for a title, um, but this was this was good. I like what this went. Um, overall, I thought NXT was a strong show. I know they have a really strong show next week. You have the tag team championships on the line, the women's tag team championships on the line. I believe you also have the men's tag team championships on the line as well. The winners of Dusty Cups will get their uh, their shots. Um, so this is going to be an interesting week. And also, what's the fallout from Undisputed Air? What's the fallout from Adam Cole just completely suckering Roddy, Roddy in? So I'm looking forward to that. And finally... Let's talk to SmackDown. Uh, Bianca Belair finally picks her opponent. It will be Sasha Banks to no one's surprise. Um, I'm looking forward to that match. And we still have to get through Fastlane, but I'm looking forward to that match. Apollo Crews cut promo. In this one promo, I learned uh, more about him than I knew the last five years. I had no clue he was uh, Nigerian in heritage. If any of that's real, it doesn't matter. I'm assuming it is. But he cut one hell of a promo here. Like, I... I didn't think it was bad at all. I thought it was really good. Like the I like the passion, like the fire, like he brought up his family, um, and even him explaining, "Hey, I come from royalty. I come from where you should be kneeling before me. I come from power." And the fact that Biggie wasn't acknowledging that power is interesting. So, um, the show started, and, and this is all I want to talk about with SmackDown. Anyway, this is the most important stuff. Roman Reigns was just. Out about Brian, Dan Bryan then calls him out and says, "Hey, you, you weren't really much of a man. It was pretty cowardly for you to come out after I had, because Dan Bryan was, I believe, number one, which well, number one and number two are the same thing in the chamber. Went almost an hour and then just got choked out. So it's supposed to be a qualifying match between Jey Uso and Daniel Bryan. Uh, it goes to a double countout as Jey Uso knew exactly what he was doing to keep them both out to get the job done. Air quotes. And Reigns can now beat down uh, Daniel Bryan later on after the match." To me, this is obviously a match they're going with a fast lane. I wouldn't do this match at fast lane. 
But to me, I don't think Reigns is losing that champion. Well, take that back. I think he's losing that WrestleMania. But I think he's going to get it back a month later. And then I don't think he's losing that championship again until September or October or August. But even then, I do not think... This is just, just me. I do not think that Edge should be winning that championship. I know he's going to because, like I said, I just has this gut feeling. Like I said, he's one of only... A, like, there's one or two winners. They they lose one Rumble pay per view they they that they won and they won another. He lost the first one to Jericho. I don't see him losing to Edge. I mean to Randy Orton, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns. So uh, I, mean, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this week was fun. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to next week. As I said, remember the programming notes, people. Next Monday will be strictly AEW. We will talk about the Revolution pay per view. That I will be ordering. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to review it. My first time doing it. So let's get to it. Um, and then the week of the Snyder Cut, which is the following week. Our Monday and Wednesday shows, we completely revo- completely revolved around the Snyder Cut. So we have Josh, Josh, Justice League, the Josh Whedon version, the theatrical cut. And we will have Batman v Superman we're talking about. So... Um, I will see you guys or listen to you guys or hear you guys on Wednesday. And that is it for this show. We are out. Have a great start to your week.